Hello, and welcome to At the Back of Your Mind, the Inspire the Mind podcast that brings you the science on mental health with a no-nonsense attitude. I'm one of your hosts, Juliette, together with my scientist friends, Carolina and Mariam. We're often joined by fabulous guests, so grab a cup of tea and let's dive into what's exactly at the back of your mind today. Hey everyone, I just wanted to give you a quick heads up about some of the topics touched upon that some listeners may find triggering. So trigger warning for discussions about suicidal thoughts and behaviour and self-harm. Take care of yourselves while listening and enjoy the episode. Welcome to today's episode of At the Back of Your Mind. I am your host, Juliette, and today I'm joined by Mariam. Hello. It's just us today. We're having a very intimate conversation about big life issues. (laughs) No, um, our big topic today is glamorizing and romanticizing mental health issues on TikTok. I'm sure everyone has heard of it. If you're not using it, your children are using it, your cousins are using it, right? It's this online platform where people post very short videos that give you either a certain amount of information, of content, of, you know, kind of entertainment, I guess, in a way. And it was formerly known as Musical.ly. I did. I didn't know that was Musical.ly. <laughs> yeah, it was Musical.ly before and um, that social media platform, it used to encourage users to record lip sync videos. So they would film themselves lip syncing to like their favourite song or the most popular song that was out at the time. But now TikTok, obviously it covers a much wider breadth of topics and you can find all sorts on there. Um, it's a very popular social media platform, I think, for younger people. I personally don't use TikTok, but I see so many TikToks on the social media platforms I do use. Like they kind of overlap and they get reposted everywhere else. But the reason we wanted to talk about mental health on TikTok specifically is because there's this phenomenon of the glamorization of it, almost like this this want, this need, this desire to be sad. Um, and it's almost like this it's got this mysterious air around it. Yeah. I did go on a deep dive of like mental health TikTok compilations. I don't know if you did the same, Marianne, but I really wanted to make sure that, you know, I had like a very good picture of what was actually happening on TikTok. And I was not just influenced by how the, you know, the media is picking up on it. And you find everything in those videos. And by everything, I mean everything. Like I watched some people have like very real very raw like mental breakdowns on camera and then just posting it and I was like wow like I think people have been doing that like since you know the early days of internet because I'm sure you can find that on YouTube as well you know people having like very real like in the moment breakdown type of stuff people having suicidal thoughts and then reaching for TikTok to kind of express the distress that they're in but then on the other end of the spectrum you see people supporting each other Mm. you see people kind of saying you know this is what I do look at like the journey I've made type of stuff yeah but yeah I would say like I saw some that I did not expect like I saw a girl make a TikTok on, uh, it was all like, you know, the glitter emoji, like yeah. going to my new psychiatric institution. And boy, I get it. You know what I mean? Like you need to laugh about that, but did I expect this content? No. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes I think p- people find it easier to poke fun at it or make jokes because it just, 
it makes the whole process a lot easier for some and you know it's like a coping mechanism of yeah. dealing with that process and that journey um and being like you know I can laugh about it um but I know that I'm looking to support myself or like I'm reaching out for support yeah because Iris going to say as long as it's like in on the tone of the joke and people are themselves aware of that I think to an extent it can actually be really healthy in the sense that humor in psychology is considered a coping mechanism and mm-hmm. there's actually you know a classification of coping mechanism from immature to mature and humor is a mature coping mechanism because you're able I think to take a step back and laugh about what's happening to you. I completely agree there's and I'm guilty of this is like making jokes like oh I'm just gonna kill myself yeah oh I'm so fed up like I want to kill myself and I feel like that's such a common thing especially like in millennials and young people like we make light of it even if we genuinely do feel that way even if we are experiencing suicidal ideation so I don't I, I think there are two sides to that coin as well um I feel like that is the way with most things uh, relating to social media and social like just culture when it comes to mental health the way we talk about it yes we are a lot more open um but there's all these kind of like you know read between the lines like I'm struggling help me but ha 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 like I'm gonna laugh about it as if it's we're all in the same boat you know yeah because I think there is always a difference between consuming a specific type of media of information of internet content and what you post Mm. because like I'm not gonna lie to you I love the big anxiety meme you know (laughs) (laughs) I love an anxiety meme I think they're hilarious and for me they're a really good way of like feeling that something is really relatable I'm like absolutely yes I have been there a hundred percent you know yeah it can be helpful in that way I've seen so many like comics and things like that um for like things like ADHD and anxiety and depression like just to yeah the same thing we're talking about now where it just makes it a bit more relatable and funny but you can kind of be like I understand that I'm going through this but others are as well and it gives you that feeling of like not feeling alone yeah not being alone in your struggles and also it normalizes that everyone can feel like that at some point but if I was to post that type of content on my social media on a regular basis then I think it becomes something else as you're saying it might be like hey I'm not feeling good I need support I need you know I need help or I don't know how to deal with this I think especially in young people yeah definitely I obviously don't have a TikTok that I post trying to videos on I'm not I'm not a secret (laughs) TikToker But like, um, I don't know if what you had in the UK, like, but we had these things called sky blogs when I was, I don't know, how old was I, 12, something like that. And like, we would all post like these very deep quotes type of stuff. And then like all your friends would come running like, what's happening? <laughs> Inbox me, babe. Yes. Like, can we like, can we please talk about tumblr because i feel like tumblr was the predecessor to what is happening right now i was a hardcore tumblr girl yeah so in case anyone isn't aware tumblr was a so it, well it still it is still around. Is. <laughs> it still is it's just not as relevant as it used to be but it was massive there's like a huge boom um of people using 
Tumblr back in the early 2000s, uh, sorry, late 2000s and early 2010s. I feel like it was 2011 with like a big peak, like 2014. And Tumblr was like the first social media website where you could find all of that content in one place, I feel. All of the kind of mental health content and people talking about feeling alone or suicidal or depressed. Um, and it would always have this like image in the background of someone chilling on the train tracks and it's really artistic and it's like a really nice photograph um, and it's like black and white or something like that or sepia. And I remember people sharing those endlessly when I was in secondary school at that time. I don't know about you, but like the thing that was really attractive at the time with Tumblr is that it was anonymous. Yeah. You know, it was not about like who you were, whereas I feel like TikTok, you're putting your face out there your name is there but I guess the amount of content is endless like and maybe you're just like drowned into the platform when you post something yeah it could get completely unseen but to be honest like yes I don't use TikTok I use YouTube for reels sometimes which are very similar so reels are short form content on YouTube I think we need to talk about the algorithm on TikTok and other social media platforms because you were talking about how it's just this endless scroll of content and like the algorithm on TikTok it decides what kind of content to push so what it feels is popular and what it feels you'll like based on your demographic um and I think it's really important to talk about algorithms in general I know there was that Netflix documentary about how um the internet and you know was it the social dilemma that's the one yeah um and I think that was a big wake-up call for a lot of people especially people that aren't familiar with you know their use on the internet because I felt like personally I already knew that my data was being used to advertise things to me like it's not it didn't feel like news but for a lot of people they didn't realize how much data is being collected um and these young people a lot of these people using TikTok are like you know 13 14 um they're still children they're underage um And they're seeing some pretty intense and extreme content. Do you think that TikTok exposes this more vulnerable demographic to these things because of its algorithm? So just so that, you know, people get the context a little bit. So you and I were right at the kind of the limit, the hinge between like millennials and Gen Z. So as I was telling to you yesterday, I think it's very telling, but like yeah. my first phone was like, you know, like that Nokia brick with snake on it. The Nokia brick. You can literally chuck it across a room and it would survive. Put it in the washing machine. Off a cliff. You know, and it did three things, right? Calling, texting, snake. Yeah. That was it. Yeah. And my younger sister, she's seven years younger than me, and her first phone that she had around the same age as me, so probably around like, you know, 11, it was an iPhone. Yeah. It's absolutely insane. So I was born in 95. So I'm like straight on the cusp of like Gen Z, millennial. And I don't feel like I fit squarely into either of those categories. I feel like I grew up with the development of technology. So like I always say, I feel like some young people, they don't, I've worked with year nines, year eights, year sevens as part of the study. And they won't know what the save button is on Word documents because the save button is a floppy disk. They wouldn't know what a floppy disk is. And like, for me, that was one of the first things I used to record stuff on, like a floppy disk and, you know, the dial up internet and stuff like that. And even though I was super young, I still remember that. So it's very interesting to have grown up with the development of technology and see now like my little cousins, you know, that they know how to use an iPhone by the time they're like one. They know how to press the buttons and 
touch the screen and they know how to every time they see a screen they think it's like a touch screen yeah even if it isn't they just start tapping it (laughs) and and i don't have anything against younger people like they they obviously you know some people talk about like okay boomer you can't get off your phone you're just always in front of a screen and it's not their fault that i mean yeah exactly i'm exactly the same even though i grew up with how much it's changed but i feel like now there is so much unrestricted access to everything like i'm older than google for god's sake but these kids are born and they can just install tiktok at like 10 years old or something and start scrolling and i think that's why that's why this topic is so important yeah because like the demographic we're talking about they're what they're i'm guessing they would be between 12 maybe the youngest there's probably an age limit yeah but you can bypass that do you remember how you couldn't have a facebook like if you were younger than 13 you would just lie (laughs) you would just lie about your birthday so in terms of mental health where do you think the potentially dangerous or harmful content comes from? Because we've touched upon, you know, things that might be um, helpful in the sense that, you know, makes you feel less alone, etc. But there is quite a big boom at the moment. And when I say at the moment, I mean the last few months, but there's like people commenting on that for like as far back as like two years ago already. What is the potentially dangerous TikTok mental health content? Okay, so I feel like it definitely has been like such a hot topic over the last few years. I consume a lot of YouTube and I've seen so many, you know, video essays and commentaries about this topic. And it's very interesting to kind of see all the kind of scandals that have come out of TikTok and certain influences, shall we say, like talking about their mental health problems or faking mental health conditions for, you know, for popularity, for clout, which which means like getting more followers, getting more likes, getting like a bigger audience, developing that audience and having a big following. And I think the damaging part would be when they are faking this. That is very damaging. You know, the use of mental health problems or conditions as a way of gaining an audience um especially if the content they're putting out is incorrect or not factual and where do we draw the line do you know what i mean i know there are doctors and things like that on on tiktok sharing very reliable information um but then there are people who are using that um in a very kind of negative way they're using it as a way to yeah, just to be popular. And I think that's that's where it goes wrong. Um, you know, where they're making mental health like trendy, like, oh, you know, you know you said like the yeah, sparkly like, like emoji. uh, emojis. It, but... <laughs> but then it's like, oh, I have ADHD. Um, if you have these symptoms, and they'll list out some like very common things that people can experience. So I don't know, like not being able to focus for a long amount of time, or that's just one I pick up pick out my head, but um, they'll list very kind of vague. It's almost like a horoscope. It's almost like a horoscope for mental health. They'll be like, oh, you know, if you if you struggle to focus on your work, if you you struggle to keep up with your friends or see your friends or you cancel on them constantly, stuff like that, that people do all the time and doesn't necessarily mean they have a mental health issue and they'll be like, oh, that means you've got ADHD or you might have ADHD. And then you've got this whole generation thinking that 
you know, starting to think, oh, maybe I can self-diagnose myself or um, like they take it as a diagnosis, like, oh, I tick all of those boxes. So maybe I do have ADHD um, and then going around thinking they do. And I don't think that's beneficial for anyone. But I do agree with you in the sense that sometimes this raises awareness. And I've actually learned a lot about certain disorders because of seeing TikToks or videos about it. Um, from people who are actually struggling with that. So with the videos I watched, I did see what you were reporting, which is a lot of like signs you may have, you know, depression, ADHD. And then sometimes you can see that it comes from, you know, a random teenager in the room and the signs are very, very general. And I think, of course, sometimes that can be helpful. But what I think we need to remember is that you know all these mental health disorders mental health issues um they are diagnosed according to a precise set of criteria but also the most important thing for for mental health issues for you know that might be a good reason you you would search therapy for is that it negatively affects your quality of life you know, because you, you could cancel on your friends like every other day, but then it actually doesn't affect your life. And it's just because you're flaky and it's not related to anything else. So I think people do need to ask the right question. And I think it could be potentially misinformation or, you know, misleading for a younger audience that is not educated on that content or is still developing their critical thinking thoughts because you know we're a little bit older as scientists we're also trained to question everything to make sure we have the right source of information and a reliable before... source of information yeah as well. exactly before you know just believing everything that we see but like you know what about when I was 12 you used to take things at face value more often and I think that's why this whole endless scroll and the algorithm pushing certain content is so draining they, they design these apps in a way these social media platforms to keep users on there for as long as possible and I don't think young people should be spending hours and hours and hours scrolling TikTok just consuming all of this specifically you know the the mental health content that is misleading hours and hours of that content when they could be out socializing with their friends and especially over the last couple of years with the pandemic they've been locked in just looking at all, all of this stuff um so there's definitely been a surge if you're exposed to that kind of content without having you know the, the ability to take a step back that could be dangerous because what i'm assuming is that some of these kids, some of these teenagers, they don't always have an adult that can they can actually rely on and... Speak to about these things. You know, just speak to if they're like, ooh, <laughs> you know? Because, like, I remember when, when I was a teen, if I ever had, like, a worry, if, you know, if I was like, oh, my God, like, it was never about mental health, but if I was like, oh, my God, that's it, do I have cancer type of thing? You know what I mean? Like... <laughs> I have like wonderful parents well and and you know I have a really good relationship with my mom so I could always just go like mom and then she'd be like okay you know she'd be the adult <laughs> but not everybody has that which I think that can potentially be quite harmful. I feel like a lot of a lot of parents now and again it's not their fault but they're not able to monitor it's the tough. usage and they don't quite you know understand the the severity of some of the content 
um, children are consuming. And, and it's not by choice. You know, the algorithm is pushing these videos. And that's why I was saying it's so damaging. Like this, this algorithm of keeping them on the platform for as long as possible and just feeding them content that could be potentially incredibly damaging to their mental health. It's an impressionable user base. You know, we've said it that 13 is the age limit, but there's all these kind of hashtags like weight loss progress, calorie deficit snacks, and like encouraging people who watch these videos to limit their calories. I, I feel like there is there is room for for kind of limiting this kind of content on the platform. But to get back to you know, like our initial question, right? So I think we've established that based on what content it is, it can be both positive in the sense that it might provide you, you know, like relatable content, you know, humorous relief, or I think there's actually quite really supportive TikToks um, of being like, you know, if you have suicidal thoughts, like watch this. Like building a community and exactly. giving giving actual advice and guidance. So things like the 54321 technique for anxiety, yeah. breathing techniques I think those are definitely you know that's a positive side to it 100% these communities of people supporting each other yeah and then on the other side you've got content that is potentially you know dangerous that could be harmful that could be completely misleading because it's not a put in the right context or also it's made by people who don't realize the reach that their content could have and it's not necessarily content that should be put out there on the internet for you know people as young as 13 year old to to consume but do you think that this content has reached a point where we are actually romanticizing and glamorizing mental health issues because I feel like that's kind of really what's buzzing out there if you look at videos on YouTube trying to you know comment on the situation if you look at some media outlets is it actually glamorizing and is this a new phenomenon really because If you look at the past few years, we've had a lot of mental health related content that could be triggering. I'm thinking about, you know, the huge boom that like 13 Reasons Why was. Oh my goodness. That was a thing, right? That was a whole thing. I personally really forgot about it, but that was a whole thing. That was, I mean, that was, that was pre-pandemic, right? (laughs) That's how I divide time. (laughs) Pre and post. (laughs) Pre and then now. (laughs) I I think you're right. I don't think it's anything new. Um, I feel like it's just taken on a more insidious form. The fact that it's just on their phones and they can access it whenever and spend hours and hours on it, you know, rather than doing other things which could, or being critical of it, like you said. I saw this post on LinkedIn. I don't know who saw it. If you hear this podcast, let us know if it was you um, who wrote it. But they said something along the lines of, you know, mental health, and this was during the pandemic because obviously a lot of people started talking about mental health. A lot of people started experiencing struggles and problems with their mental health because of the pandemic. Um, so it became a huge topic. And they said mental health isn't being destigmatized; It's being commercialized. And I feel like that can be taken in a number of ways, not just in the sense of using it to your advantage to make money or to profit off of people who are struggling with their mental health, but also to push this narrative like, oh, I have a mental health problem um, and it's very interesting. And rather than to raise awareness, but more to be like, you know, look at me, I'm special. I have X, Y, Z. And that's why people are faking disorders. And it is sort of 
I, I feel it is being glamorized. Yeah, because, you know, I was just like looking at the definition of romanticizing just to make sure, you know, we were looking, being very scientific. First, define the issue. <laughs> <laughs> define what we have <laughs> and then look to it right but like the google um definition of romanticizing is deal with or describe in an idealized or unrealistic fashion and you know if you think about it that way aren't we with social media romanticizing absolutely everything agreed not just mental health but like our entire lives i do that with like the most mundane things just because I think the pandemic hit and you needed to start romanticizing doing the dishes because boy <laughs> You know, there is nothing else to do. I don't know if it's just being grateful or if it's idealizing, just being like, look at me, you know, being the main character, taking my little authorized walk in the park, <laughs> you know, that kind of stuff. And I think for those things, it can actually be a bit healthy because it's like, hell yeah, I'm taking a walk in the park. Hell yeah, it's nice. Hell yeah, I'm breathing in like, you know what I mean? <laughs> noticeably more than say 10 years ago i don't feel like mental health was talked about you know as much the, the awareness is a lot higher but then the misinformation is also a lot higher and so i think it's so important especially as scientists like we're always aware of making sure we're using reliable sources and the reality of a lot of these mental health disorders you know it's it's horrific to live with um and to be saying oh, it's so fun, look at me, I'm depressed, I'm anxious, I'm anxious, haha, <laughs> like, oh. That's my coping mechanism, though. <laughs> but, no, no, but I totally, <laughs> I totally get attack. that. Yeah, exactly. It's like, Tuesday. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's my coping mechanism. <laughs> but there, there is some, you know, it can have a negative impact on some people where if they actually are struggling with their mental health, to treat it as a joke, because... Because I was one not. of those people. <laughs> I would joke about my mental health all the time. And, you yeah. know, I mentioned earlier, I realised that over time, obviously, throughout my mental health journey, that vocalising this stuff, it's not always helpful. Um, because when you vocalise certain things, your brain kind of internalises it. Like, yes, you are suicidal. You are feeling yeah, this it's way. Real. Yeah, it's very real. But if you instead turn it into positive... So I used to follow a lot of meme pages about, you know, about feeling suicidal and about mental health and depression. There's this fantastic... Well, I say fantastic, maybe not. Um, but I, I, I'm in this group on Facebook called... Um, yes, I use Facebook. Don't judge me. I, I, have, <laughs> I have curated a perfect timeline. But it's still popping, okay? My Facebook is popping. My Facebook timeline. But I'm in a group called Wow, I'm Cured. And they post tweets or, or content that they've seen online or things that their family or friends have said to them when they've expressed that they're struggling with their mental health. Yeah. Things like, oh, and they've, like go not for validated. a walk. Yeah, go for a walk. Um, yeah, you know, have a salad. Yeah, literally go outside, have a bath. And people are saying, use crystals, you know, like people that um, promote. Yeah, yeah, don't worry. Yeah. <laughs> like crystal therapy. Um, and they post it on there to poke fun at it and be like, you know, what the hell? Yeah. Why are people rea still reacting with all this cliche sh when I'm expressing struggle with my mental health? I think you've made a really important point here, which is that, you know, even if you're joking about it or like romanticizing it just to like main content on social media, 
it should be with the awareness that mental health is not something to take lightly if you're struggling that you know you can't joke your way out of everything and that it is important to know that there are resources there is support available you can talk to your GP get therapy you know like actually get some help because at the end of the day like that is what is going to make a difference and I think it can become a problem if your audience who's on you know the receiving end of the content does not realize that too what about people on TikTok promoting certain medication oh what yeah but they might not even be being paid. So they might have found their own their own form of medication or something that wasn't prescribed or, or like some sort of home remedy, right? And promoting this. Oh man. Yeah, that needs its own episode. But that's a that that's a thing on TikTok as well, you know, young people who are trying to self-medicate no but do not self-medicate always speak to a doctor (laughs) exactly um i know for a fact like a lot of people self-medicate um i know in america it's a lot more popular yeah but it's still an issue and yeah i think it was worth mentioning that the promotion of medication is a thing as well on tiktok So what are what are the scientists saying, Juliet? What have you found? Okay, so we've seen how the the media, how like YouTubers, how like people have picked up on the phenomenon. But the science, I don't want to say that it's like behind, but the problem is to start running a study something has to be picked up on and then scientists have to get to it so sometimes you don't see the results of scientists work until maybe like a year and a half later just because it takes time good science takes time science that you can replicate science that has been validated science that you can trust that has got to be my motto good science takes time so i found a few briefs from like conference presentations it's all fairly fresh and new and not quite published yet it's a very new area isn't it it is a very new thing to study the papers that i've seen they were essentially just trying to understand and characterize the content on tiktok properly So just say, how many videos are out there? What is actually the tone of most videos? What are they about in the context of mental health? There was one paper that I found, which is essentially about how child and adolescent mental health services in the UK are represented on TikTok. And within the videos they collected in their sample to study, 40% of them were actually about raising awareness on mental health symptoms and how to manage that which is 40% is really good right but the rest of the videos at 27% were referencing self-harm they don't precise if it's in a positive or in a negative way from like what I've read and then they were saying another 20% was a negative perception of child and adolescent mental health services for me the self-harm is really like what pop yeah I'd like to understand if it's you know kind of you know, let's say videos of like, what can you do when you want to self-harm? That would be the positive side of it. It was actually, I think, at the end of the day, really sweet. Because it's like, you can write your feelings on a sheet of paper and then tear it apart. Things that might have worked for them, just suggestions. Yeah, I think it's sweet. But then on the other hand, I guess you might have some more triggering content. Um, 
referencing self-harm. Kind of moving away from self-harm, but more a focus on depression and anxiety, which are obviously two of the most common mental health problems yeah. that people face. There was a study of around 3,000 Chinese students in their first and second year of high school, and they found that those who were considered more, I guess, addicted to TikTok, their study suggested that these students had a reduced working memory capacity and there was also higher scores for depression, anxiety and stress. But what we need to remember, I'm going to come in with what you've all learned in your research methods class. Yep. Correlation does not equal causation. What they have shown is that people who watch TikTok within that sample do appear to have reduced working memory capacity and there was increased depression and anxiety symptoms. But that does not mean that TikTok caused these things. It might be that people who have higher symptoms of depression and anxiety are more likely to spend more time on TikTok. Because we do know that if you have sometimes really high anxiety or if you have depression, one of the symptoms of depression is withdrawing from, you know, from your circle of friends. From, from your friends, from your exactly. family. And it might be that, you know, in consequence of that, you spend more time online. But it is very interesting that research is starting to... To find these kind of correlations. And I think, yeah, thank you so much for saying about the correlation causation thing. Because I think <laughs> I think that's something people miss a lot of the time. I feel like, you know how we were talking about how the media has perceived yeah. what is going on. And over the last, I don't know, 10, 15 years, social media has received a lot of slander in the media. You know, a lot of people feel that social media is like one of the main causes that young people aren't as sociable or aren't um, developing certain skills that we would have developed when we were younger because they are spending more time on social media. However, there have been a lot of studies that have found that social media doesn't actually have the impact, that negative impact that we think it does. Yeah. Um, so I think it's very interesting that, you know, media outlets will latch onto these kind of studies where it's a correlation and make it sound like a causation. Um, all these kind of clickbait news articles, I think, can be very negative. And I think that's why it's important what we're saying about checking the sources and checking the study itself and checking the article out and finding out exactly what they found. Or just find, you know, scientists online or medical professionals online or reliable news sources that have, you know, like... Updates on what is being found, especially regarding social media. Yeah, and like actual like science correspondents, yeah. for example, who are journalists but trained to, you know, understand and get like reliable information but make it accessible for everyone because yeah scientific articles they can be very difficult to, to to read oh boy and if if you're not trained to understand everything i mean even as a scientist i still have to do double takes and reread papers sometimes just to understand what was what the methodology was or what they actually set out to do sometimes it's not clear so i think yeah you're completely right in like seeking that information if they're, they're not quite understood what what is going on um i think it's such a hot topic and tiktok is such a new platform it's really taken the world by storm 
I think that's why it's so important that we're talking about it and it's links with mental health because there is such a huge mental health community on there. Yeah. Um, and it is going to take time for the research to actually start taking place and for us to see, you know, what what is actually going on here. Like, you know, how is TikTok impacting young people and what are the long-term effects of that? We're not going to see that for years to come. We're not really going to understand how it might impact their brains, um, how it might impact their mental health their skill development, their interactions with others, their perception of the world. Controlling for things. Yeah, because I was going to say all this is happening with like a background of like two years of intense pandemic at periods of time that are very crucial for your brain. Like when you're a teenager, your brain is not a fully formed adult brain yet. Some things are still developing, setting in place. Like it is very important. And it's not that it is going to affect you negatively necessarily for life. Cause we know, you know, the brain is plastic. Humans are adaptable. We have a lot of resilience abilities inside of us if we have the right support, the right environment. But whatever we see happening with TikTok, I think Think we also need to have you know like the background in mind but have we have we answered our big questions I think so you know is is Gen Z romanticizing mental health on TikTok I think maybe not necessarily more than 10-15 years ago yeah it's just done in a different way and as with everything you know TikTok is a tool right and it comes with its own you know disadvantages its own benefits and that's something that needs to have more research done on it exactly as always <laughs> classic science phrase here <laughs> we have brought out all the science bangers for you i will say today was a big day correlation does not equal causation science takes time it needs more research yep <laughs> miami was amazing to talk to you today i had a lot of fun absolute pleasure it was so fun thank you everyone for listening and we'll see you very soon with another episode thanks so much bye bye Hey everyone, it's Melissa. This episode of Out the Back of Your Mind was recorded on the 9th of June 2022, featuring our hosts Juliet and Mariam. Be sure to check us out on Instagram at ATBOYM podcast and visit inspiretheMind.org forward slash at the back of your mind for more episodes, transcripts, social media, and contact information. A big thank you to our editors, Melissa Coase, Saveda Ahmed, and Amina Begum, and our research team, Celeste Miller and Naria Marcy Hartunian. Last but not least, thank you to Inspire the Mind and our editor in chief, Professor Carmen Pariente, in helping us bring this podcast to the air. Thanks so much for listening, and we'll see you next time. <laughs>